You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 64 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today I'm chatting with Hani Go. Hani is the mom to three little ones. Her husband serves with Campus Crusade or Crew in Minnesota. And she contacted me actually to record this podcast episode after she listened to the episode I'd recorded with Victoria Wilson about the new mom life. Hani felt like uh, she was not alone in wanting to talk and get advice for the mom raising lots of little ones and staying home with lots of little ones. So a lot of our conversation is for the stay-at-home mom, which um, tends to happen when you end up with three small children. It's harder to uh, pay for child care. The reality is that sometimes it's quitting your job and staying home. Uh, But, you know, I just, with this concept and this focus was reinforced after my last week in San Antonio um, with my family. I did a lot of people watching at SeaWorld and in our hotel, and oh, did I see these moms, these moms with um, three under the age of five who just looked weary. I mean, they've got one running in one direction, holding the wiggling baby, um, the four-year-old who doesn't want to do anything, and they're just, they just don't know what to do. They don't have enough hands. They there's so many people that need them physically to meet needs. And uh, my heart was breaking because I remember that stress and the tearing and the exhaustion of that season. And and then I realized, wow, that was five years ago and we're in a totally different place. And so that I hope there's hope in this conversation I have with Hani. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you get a couple good tips. I feel like Hani has a great system going um, some practical things. So let's get to it. Here we go. Hey, Hani, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so thankful that you emailed me and and kind of brought up doing this episode because I think there are a lot of moms listening right now that can relate to having lots of little ones at home. So will you tell everyone about your family? Yes. I, um, we live in Minnesota and, um, I'm married to my, my husband, I've been married for almost eight years this month and we have three kids, a four-year-old, Lila is our oldest, Lucas is two and a half and Lucy is 10 months. Oh, you have a Lucy. So I we wanted have a, a Lucy. I kept waiting for a Lucy and no, there were, they, she never came. She never yeah. came, but I love that name. That's an oh. awesome name. And, and, um, Hani and I were just talking about her cool name. Uh, you want to tell everybody where that came from? Because I like that story. Yeah, I was named after a downhill skier in the 80 Olympic Olympics from Liechtenstein. Very, very so, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, special, very unique. And I love that y'all are with crew because for some reason, those are my people. I don't know what, <laughs> like, I'll be, I'll know, I've known people for five years and then they'll eventually tell me that at some point they worked with crew. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I love these. Well, there people. are a lot of us. There are so. a lot, but it takes a kindred. I mean, yeah, a discipler, a person who believes strongly in that. So that's cool. Yeah. Did y'all meet during that, or we did? We met at our national staff conference in Colorado, uh-huh. and a bunch of us singles were hanging out in the dorms, and we ate three meals together, and both kind of had our eye on each other, and. He asked me out when we got home. So, hey, and the rest yeah. is history. The rest is history. So, you've been married so, eight years. You had yes, written me. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the month, we'll be married eight years. But, yep. 
Okay, so, um, and you emailed me because why? You just tell, tell everyone why. Well, I had listened to the podcast um, that you did for new moms. With just, Victoria. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, we need a conversation about like having a lot of little people all at the same time and how hard it can be. And I was just, you have four boys. And I thought, I bet she has some wisdom that would really help me. And no pressure because I know there's, we were just talking about how the season is just hard. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, I bet I'm not the only one that would enjoy just listening to the discussion and the conversation. Yeah. Well, I I definitely, you know, I didn't have them quite as close as you did, but I had a lot close together. I had the three boys. Um, the first two were just like a week over two years apart. And then the next two are less than two years apart. They're 22 months apart. And so when the third one was born, my oldest had not turned four yet. So that, yep. that was that's how. Years. Okay. Yep. Yep. Lila turned four in October and Lucy was born in April. So yeah, mm-hmm. I had, she was like three and a half when Lucy was born. So and that's just, I think, I think no one was like officially fully out of diapers, like, around the clock, you know, Mm -hmm. my oldest was still not, you know, with a being a boy. Um, and I just was, you know, it was a lot, it was a lot of people (laughs) and a lot of needs. And I think that's what you brought up. Like, how do we balance this life when there's so many people who need you Mm -hmm. at the same time, all the time? Middle yeah, of the and they're night. all competing for each other. Yeah, and it doesn't end. It's like it's all day and yep. all night, and then it starts again the next day, and you can't yeah. seem to catch your breath. Well, and we live in Minnesota, and it's winter right now, so I'm like <laughs> home. I mean, oh my stars! This was one imagine. of. <laughs> I mean, this was one of my like aha moments this year. Is I just had to stop, like we used to go to a Bible study one morning a week and we did a little music class or, you know, I tried to like do something to get out of the house. Yeah. But with three, I just was like, I cannot bundle up three kids, get them all buckled into their car seats, get them somewhere. Lucy needed a nap and then like Lucas needed a nap when on the way home he'd fall asleep and then he'd miss his nap. And it just, it was, I was a bath, I was stressed all the time. Yeah. And so I just like, this winter, we've we're not signed up for anything, <laughs> and we're home a lot. I mean, we do do play dates sometimes, but and I've been surprised at how much peace that's brought to me into our home. Just yeah. being home together, even though it's hard, yeah, and it feels like Groundhog Day every day. Like <laughs> yeah. here we are repeat, doing the same thing. Repeat, repeat. Yeah, yeah. I think um, your statement of kind of reevaluating yeah. is a good one because. Um, I know for myself, I'm an extrovert and I, you know, when I had two, we would leave the house before lunch and then we'd come over for lunch and have a nap. And then after the nap, we'd leave the house again, whether yep. we went to a museum, whether we saw friends, whether we just went to the park, um, whether we went to the mall. I just, I needed to leave the house for my yep. own sanity. I needed to be amongst the people. I wanted to see friends. I'd meet up with people and I didn't care about all the hassle and all the stuff and all the extra stress because being with people was that important to me. Mm-hmm. But then as I had the third and the fourth really pushed me over the edge, I couldn't do that anymore. Yep. And so I had to cut back on those things and I had to stay home more. And that was a really hard thing for me because yes, it was more peaceful and, um, like less stressful to get everyone out of the house, but then I wasn't getting my needs met during the day for social interactions. Right. So I had to start making more nighttime things and um, play dates weren't relaxing for me. Like I could never yeah, really, yeah, I couldn't have a conversation because I'm constantly, yep. someone needs a diaper change. Someone just hit someone. It wasn't, it wasn't even a conversation. Yeah, you're just balancing out yeah. all the kids. Yes. And then it, I also am like, everyone's helping me with my kids because I have the most out of like our little group of friends. Yes. And so it was just felt like, which, 
I mean, they love to help me, but it was just humbling to be like, okay, like everyone is focused on yes. helping me manage my three little kids. And yes. it just, that was hard too. That was definitely my case too. I had um, some good friends and they had one. They had one. Yep. And so we would meet at the spray park and I couldn't go to the pool because I just had the baby and can't swim. And, but my other two boys wanted to swim and it was a hundred degrees in Texas. So it's the opposite, <laughs> the opposite <laughs> problem of what you're having now. And so they would watch the big boys and keep them from like hurting themselves or hurting other people. So I could sit and feed the baby, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah. Which I think is how it's supposed to be. I yeah. mean, we're supposed to help each other and, and, but it's hard when it, it's just hard. It's humbling. And it, 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 for me, I've had to just let go of a lot of pride of like, I cannot do this by myself. Yeah. And I don't think God created me to do it by myself. Yeah. And I don't know if you have family right around you. Do you have family? I do. My mom um, is around a lot, thankfully. Um, She's actually lived with us for chunks of time, which is a whole nother story. But um, so she is around and helps. I don't know how we would, what we would do. I don't know what people do without. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have either of our parents around, like, except for the very beginning when the babies would be born. But that, even that, causes me to reach out to my church community and to friends even more because I didn't have yep. family. And mm-hmm. um, in our school community, a lot of people make a lot, enough money that they have nannies full-time. And oh, so okay. there's a lot of events at school for my older, you know, other kids that I'm supposed to be at without little kids. And I'm like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have help or family. Right, I, don't have a nanny. I don't have a nanny. So I have to rely on, church friends to say, Hey, can you watch, you know, my son or, you know, and then trade the favor. Um, definitely. And I just think, okay. So in thinking of how do you balance life with lots of people, the first thing that came to my head was just expectations. And I think that's what you were getting to is just, it's, it's going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Like don't, think that you're doing it wrong because it is crazy. You yeah. Know? And when things are going well, don't think that now that's the new normal. The new- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to like say it's always going to be bad, but it's just always changing. Like there's, there'll be weeks where I'm like, oh, wow. Like this was a really great week. Like we, I was on top of things. The house was clean. Yeah. The kids were pretty good. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, it's chaos again. And what happened and what am I doing wrong? And you know what I mean? It's like, that is just life right now. Like it is not the same. Yeah. And like you said, like the buckling, all the kids in the car seats and then you have to help them get dressed. You have to help them get their shoes on. You have to help them get their coats on. No one can do it all themselves. Yeah. And, and what I was going to tell you, and I told you this before we started, when I see these moms, my, I go into post-traumatic stress. Like I'm, I remember those days. I start feeling the fluttering heart, the anxiousness, the, oh my goodness, that they're just so much going on right now for them. And I want to jump in and help because I remember how hard it was. And, and then I'm like, but then it's over. Mm -hmm. I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And when you get to that stage, they're totally dressing themselves. Not only that, they're helping you. They're putting dishes in the sink. They're Ours were cleaning off the table on the floor tonight. They completely buckle themselves in. They shut doors. They, you know, mm-hmm. you know, help with laundry. They, I mean, it's it's a different situation. If if I if the two year old or, or now he's three, if the three year old needs something, they can help. Right. My oldest son got drinks for everyone for dinner tonight. It's a different situation, and it's so quickly. So you're thinking your oldest is four right now. My oldest is nine. That's five years. I know. And the whole game changes. And I try to keep that in mind because, I mean, I know there's great blessings of when they're older too, but they're like, my kids are so cuddly. Like my two-year-old boy is like in love with me. He's just like, you're my sweet mama. And, you know, I don't want to get higher because I want you to hold me forever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's just so sweet. And I'm like really trying to just remember that like these, I know there'll be new blessings and different blessings, but I'm really trying to just cherish this time and not want it to just like be over because yeah. <laughs> some days I do. Yeah. No, but, I totally get that. And, and it's that tension of the older mom saying, well, it's just a season. You're just right. so blessed. You should be happy. I wish I could go back. And all of that is so true. 
It is just a season. Um, I do wish I could. I mean, I have this vivid memory. I'm not going to cry, but I, I might. That of my oldest son, he was two. And my second son was in a little like swing thing that was kind of near the floor. It was a tiny swing. Mm-hmm. And he was, the older one was just running towards him and then running back kind of like um, Grover style in Sesame Street, like near and far. <laughs> and holding uh-huh. his little sippy cup and had his pacifier in his mouth because he still had one too. And just running up and then the baby would start laughing and then he'd run back. And I mean, this was our life or they're just wrestling on the floor. There were so many I think when my boys think back to that time, they don't think that I failed. They don't mm-hmm. think that I couldn't keep it all together. They don't think that I was so harried and, and stressed and tired and weary. They just have this sea of memories of us being home and us being together and us. Maybe maybe I didn't perfectly execute the um, Easter egg dying activity, but they remember that we did those things. Mm-hmm. We were home. We baked. We were home. We read books. We were home. Maybe watch TV. That's okay. That's a memory. Yep. That's a memory. Um, yep. We were together and literally like if you think back to your time as a two and a three and a four-year-old, I don't know if you have very many memories, but you kind of have an overall feeling. Yeah. And I think if I could go back to that time when I had three little kids, I would have given myself a break and said, you know what? They're, they're, what they're going to remember is how they feel. Mm-hmm. And instead of worrying about making it perfect and making sure every all the laundry's done exactly right and and I'm following all the blogs what they say I should do and all the books say I should do, I want to make sure they feel loved. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they yep. feel safe, and I want to make sure that um, you know that I'm enjoying them <laughs> like yeah. as much as I can in the weariness. And yep. if that just means laying on the floor and they climb all over me, I think that's a pretty good memory. Like, yep. Um, yep. I don't, I, I think I, I was working, I'm a more type A, um, I like to get things done and feel accomplishment mm-hmm. type of person. Mm-hmm. And yep. it doesn't feel like you're getting a lot done in those years. It's, no. a, it's a lot of the they're same. Un- <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're cleaning the kitchen in the meantime, they're totally destroying the living room yeah. or yeah, what whatever. And I think that um, it's a stretch. And I and I honestly think the other piece of it is embracing the fact that it's making you a better person. Mm-hmm. As hard as it is, and as um, much as it's opposite of what you may be like. So maybe you're a doer and you you like to get things done on your list and they're constantly undoing things. Maybe it's teaching you to be less of a doer and more of a beer and God's yeah. shaping you more into him through these years. And that's painful. <laughs> like, yeah, that the hardness of those years is, is worth it. It's, it's kind of yeah. what I'm like now when I reflect back, okay, five years later, Mm-hmm. I'm thankful I'm less of a control freak and a, I'm, I worry less about the things that I worried about then. And I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's a great book and I've never read it, but everyone says it's great. So we're going to go with what everyone else says. It's called okay. Loving the Little Years. Have you read that? I have not. I, someone was just telling me about that book, yeah, actually. I, oh, wait. Is that by um maybe I have read that book. Is that by <laughs> is that by who's that by? Uh she has a really hard last name to pronounce. I want to say yes, it's like Rachel I have read something. That book. Yes, I have read that book. It's really good. <laughs> I was thinking of a different book that someone was telling me about. Yeah. It is a very good book. I think it kind of just pulls back and gives you perspective um that's healthy. Not like you should enjoy this better because it's yeah. hard. I think what I just try to remember is like the work I'm doing is really significant. Like, um, you know, my husband and I are in ministry and he's in a new role and he's getting asked to speak more and up front. And it's been really hard for me because, you know, it's like he's getting all this encouragement and feedback and I used to get to do those things with him. Yeah. And so it's been a grieving for me of like, and sometimes like, honestly, like even anger and yeah. resentment, yeah. like I'm home, like keeping our whole life together. Yeah. And even though I, obviously I believe the work he's doing is so important and I know I'm a part of it, but there's just been moments where I feel like God has shown me like, 
I have an amazing husband. He's a wonderful dad. But if he was home all day with them, yeah. like, <laughs> it would, it I don't, not, yeah, yeah, it would be the same thing. And yeah. I just, there's these little moments of like, I get to be the one to shape their view of themselves. I mean, obviously God through me, but like their view of themselves and their view of the world and, you know, moments of where they're experiencing shame or whatever. It's like, I get to enter into those moments. And I feel like God has just been kind of shining his light on those lately for me to be like, what you're doing is so significant. And I think for me, it's so important to remember that in the midst of the mess and the like, everyone wants a piece of me all the time and everyone's needs are feel overwhelming. And I'm, you know, my husband comes home and he wants to cuddle or whatever. And I'm just like out, you know, I'm the last thing you want. No one wants to touch. Please. I just need no one to touch me. No one touch me. Yes. No, whatever. But it's like what I'm doing like is significant. And I think if we can keep our view of, of that, like the big vision of, of what we're doing, I think that has really helped me like in the midst of the chaos, just, be okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I think oh. totally that I just left um the Mom Heart conference with Sally Clarkson. And Clarkson. the what? I just read her book. I just finished her newest book. The Own Your Life book. Yeah. It's good. She when you are in her presence, you feel like being a mom is the most valuable piece of our whole community. Like mm. what a gift to get to take a child, a baby, nurture them, show them love, figure out what kind of personality and temperament they have, direct their gifts, fill their life with beauty and joy, not perfection. I mean, Sally, this weekend, she's like, you know, my house could be a mess. I I kind of boxes in my bedroom, but that doesn't mean I can't um, play classical music. That doesn't mean I can't have books of art on our coffee table, even if there's cookie crumbs under it. I mean, you can, Mm -hmm. you can choose things of beauty and, and direct your kids. You know, our school is really into, um, art and music and nature studies. And I just had a meeting with, for the moms, like a mentoring meeting and the art teacher and the nature studies teacher were there. And it's just like, so encouraging. There's little things you do just have a big, um, like markers and paper and, you know, materials for your kids to create. It doesn't yeah. have to be an art kit, but just no, sit I mean, down. I am not a craft. Like I, no, I it doesn't even have to be. No, don't do that. And stuff. I'm just like, you know what? My kids right now, I have colored pencils, watercolors and some markers. That's all they need. That they, that they can access. And they do that for hours yes. every day. And they, they make the cutest things. And I'm like, forget it. I'm just letting go of. That's just one of the things exactly. I don't do. Exactly. I'm not a mom that gets. No, all the crap. No, and that some you can, moms that can love that. No, some that, moms that, that yeah, that does feed them. But that can, if it makes you crazy, you just have to know what kind of mom you are. That is my yep. other tip. Is yes. I think the thing that stressed me out a lot in those years is I was trying to be all the different kinds of moms. I was trying to yeah. be the one who's the perfect crafter, the one who's the perfect organized one, the one who um, has them in all the activities, the one who's the super spiritual. Every single mom I wanted to be, and I didn't know who I was yet. And I didn't quite know who my kids were yet. And I feel like when they're little, sometimes their temperaments can be like extra big. Mm -hmm. So if they're sensitive, they're like extra sensitive. If they're defiant, they're extra defiant. And those, so to have three little ones that are all (laughs) exhibiting that at the same time, it it felt like a really intense environment. Yeah. So, you know, I was, if my oldest did something, I had to, way is this an important enough thing to discipline um, and correct knowing that he was so sensitive to correction he would cry for an hour yeah so oh, what did yeah. we have coming next that mm-hmm. would require that then I, my second was this something that i wanted to fight a battle where it started i need you to sit on the steps and then it ended i need you to go to your room and then it was i need you to shut the door and this whole escalating battle of defiance um was I wanting that? Was it worth it? And so right, right. that's died down now. Their personalities have settled down more and their de- their maturities increased so that they have a little bit more control over that part of their temperament, which is helpful, right? 
So that's the encouragement yeah. you have. <laughs> like, So how, okay, I have a question yeah. for what you just said. So how do you do that? Like I have, like my oldest is, she's very sensitive, but she's also very opinionated and like, like she's not going to eat that food if she doesn't want to. Like yeah. you cannot make her get a, take a bite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where my son is much more, you know, he's just easy to please. He's happy. He's, and, and my daughter's happy too, but they're just so different. And so it's like, I don't, it's really hard to be consistent and disciplined when they both need yeah. different things. And it's like my two-year-old really needs a snack because he's a boy and he burns stuff off. Yeah. Where if my daughter has a snack, she's not going to eat dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so how did you, I mean, I know there's not a black and white answer, but do you yeah. have any thoughts regarding like that? Because they're all different. Yeah, they, they all, all need, are different. Their needs are different. Yeah. The way that you discipline them is different. And it's, I feel like it's hard because kids are so into fairness, you know, yeah. even at a young age. Well, we, we told them we're never going to be fair. That uh-huh. was one thing. We If you try to be fair, then you have to keep it up your, their whole life. You know, That's good. what kind of present did he get as a college student? I want the same kind of present. Um I didn't. I don't try to ever even bring light to a fairness thing. Mm-hmm. I know it's inbred in children to want things to be fair, but I mean, I kind of say, you know, I don't think you really want life to be fair because there's a lot of kids who have no homes, they don't have parents, a lot of places don't have they don't have food. So I think let's not do fair because it, it you know, right? <laughs> it's not going to go in your it's favor. It's not going to go in your favor. Um, then as far as like food situation, um, I know that, you know, some girls can be really picky eaters and uh, our our rules, quote unquote rules, my husband gets home later. And so for our family, I, I'm always okay with my boys because they do burn through stuff a lot. They are allowed to eat fruit whenever. So mm-hmm. like I just have a whole fruit drawer um, in our refrigerator, always with like apples and grapes and anything and they can and then I have a bowl of bananas and and clementines and so even up to right before dinner if they want a piece of fruit because really it's a carb and it'll burn pretty fast and Mm -hmm. it just keeps their mouth occupied and they'll still probably eat dinner um and even for your daughter you know really you know food is not one of our major battles like we don't really make them ever eat um yeah I present food if they want you know a a treat or dessert. No, you didn't eat your food. Or if we have like three different things on the plate and they ask for more of something, I'm like, well, you have to finish everything before you get more of something. Um, just, just to keep a balance. But I kind of find that they balance themselves usually. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've also found over the years now, five years later that they're more willing to eat things that they didn't eat before. So I've always yeah. put a salad or a vegetable on their plate, whereas they avoided it maybe for <laughs> the last years. eight years. <laughs> now they're asking for salad. So mm. I think that um, that gives me hope. Yeah, I just think that that to hurt your relationship over food doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What about other things though? Like I just feel like you know some kids. I mean, I know there's not a hard and fast rule, but I'm just, I think this is my challenge and I think, and maybe I just need to be like, it's not fair and I don't have to do the same thing for each child, but yeah. it's just because I feel like they're like, their talents are so different and how they respond to discipline is so different. And yeah. so I think I'm just trying to sort that out in my head. And then my husband and I have like different ideas sometimes about how we want to handle situations. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know if you have any advice about that, but it's like, yeah. It's hard for me because sometimes my husband has strong feelings about things, but then I'm the one at home all day trying to implement them. And if I don't agree with him, no, yeah. or it's hard. So I don't know. How did you guys navigate that? I think that that's really hard. I think we still go back and forth. I, every day I come up with a new idea. I'm very <laughs> like, I, I flip, I mean, our, you know, they say, oh, you need to be consistent. I'm like the worst at consistency just because I'm quickly inspired and I don't like to stick with anything. So uh-huh. I'll read this book and be like, this is the, what we need to do. And so I'll talk to my husband and he's like, okay. But honestly, I think every parent pretty much does what their parents did without realizing it. Yeah. And so it kind of goes back to like maybe having that conversation. Like what did your parents do? 
Are you reacting against it? What do you like about it? Or it's going to a parenting seminar together. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So you can be on the same page and hear the information at the same time. So I yeah. just interviewed this uh, guy, Kirk Martin, on the podcast. Um, I just listened to it today. It okay. was very good. He's awesome, right? And so I'm like all inspired by this guy now. And so I had my husband watch a couple video clips just so I could like – gradually bring up the idea that I'm really liking this approach and I think that we should try it. And even like yesterday after church when one of our sons was freaking out because I needed him to share some of his food with his younger brother and he was having a total meltdown in the the middle of the kitchen. And my husband started, you know, saying, you need to calm down. You need to calm. He's standing over him. You need to calm down. And my husband's not very authoritative. I mean, it wasn't like he was doing anything wrong. It was just that was our normal way. You gotta calm mm-hmm. down. You gotta calm down. And I was like, oh, this is what the guy was talking about. And so my husband said to him, okay, if you want a tantrum, I see you're upset. Um, you can do that in, in the dining room. We're gonna be over here at the table in the kitchen having lunch. When you are calm, we'd love to have you join us. So we invited him into our calm place of lunch. We were eating at the table without throwing tantrums. And you know, within a couple minutes, my son got up and joined us. But it removed. Uh, I used one of his principles tonight. Too. Yeah, yeah. And did it <laughs> work? It totally did. He yeah. was. A, he, I asked him to clean up his blanket and his little stuffed animals like four times, and finally I said, "Okay, mom, taking them. You can have them later." But he's just not. He he's like such an easygoing child, but he hates cleaning up. Yeah. And so he was all upset about you know I want my blanket and my teddy. I mean, I wasn't going to keep him very long, yeah. but I'm just trying to teach him and. We were getting ready to take a bath. And so I said, can you help me put these toys in the bathtub? And he just calmed right down and did it. And it was done. Yeah. And I was like, he needed to do something physical. And yeah. I was like, okay, that helped. <laughs> motion leads to emotion. What did he say? Something about motion and emotion. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And boys so. especially. And I think that that's the key. Like even, you know, you have a son and a daughter and you're talking about their differences and discipline and wanting to be fair. And I think even with my boys, like – Like I told you, one was sensitive, so he didn't need a harsh discipline approach. But another one needed a very firm boundary every time it had to be the same. If I changed it all in my approach, he would remember the one time that I did something different. And so I do think you kind of have to know them and realize it may not be exactly fair. The key is not treating them – well, this is all personal opinion, but I think that – some kids get in trouble more. Yeah. They just do. And um, not wanting one kid to feel less loved or valued than the other. And I think middle children sometimes will do things to get in trouble to get your attention. Yeah. Because they'd rather have the negative attention than no attention. The baby's yeah. getting attention. The oldest is getting attention. And they're getting nothing. So I might as well be bad because then at least – when she disciplines me, I get her negative attention. And they're yeah. not thinking this out, but that's the reality. So what well, I started – I notice that with my kids yeah. is that sometimes I just like – like my middle one will be acting out and I just – let's go upstairs. Come upstairs with mommy and I'll just sit on his bed and read a story with him. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that totally turns our day around. He yeah. just needed some connection with me. Yes. So what um, I found when mine were um, – well, how old were they? The the youngest was one, so maybe almost five, three, and one. And I had heard about this mommy time thing. And so I started um, in the morning after we were done with breakfast, before we got our day going, uh, we would have mommy time. And everybody would get 10 minutes with me. And they hmm. would get to pick what they wanted to do. And the order of who got to go for a second, third, we would draw names out of a little container, bowl, or whatever. And... The key is, so I'm, let's say I'm with the oldest child, the other two have to be occupied somehow. And I was fine if it was them watching TV. I really didn't mm-hmm. care. As long mm-hmm. as I got time with the oldest for the 10 minutes uninterrupted. And the other key was if you interrupted your brother's time, that took away minutes from your time. So that motivated hmm. them to not interrupt. That's good. <laughs> and so it was amazing. It, see, it sounds silly. It's 30 minutes. You're only giving them 10 minutes, but it was like, amazing how our morning went so much better when they got that time and me labeling it like 
oh, I just had such a great time playing that, doing that puzzle with you. You're really good at doing puzzles. I love mommy time, you know? Yeah. And then, the yeah, the affirmation and saying it. So then the next, I would actually do it, try to do it twice a day. So then the next time we did it was right before I'd start cooking dinner for 30 minutes. So it's after nap, maybe we had a snack and then, um, I would do mommy time then oh. to kind of set them up for their own free play time before I started cooking dinner. Um, and as far as dishes, I was like the type who left the breakfast and the lunch dishes in the sink. And then when I was cooking dinner is when I did, would wash those. Yeah. <laughs> so that I'm not always washing dishes. Yeah. And that um, it was all concentrated time in the kitchen. Um, yeah. I do that for nap, for lunch. I often leave the lunch dishes because that's one of the ways I feel like I can take care of myself is like that's the only time I'm alone all day is either re- everyone's resting or napping yeah. for at least 45 minutes, hopefully. And so I just am like, that's sacred time for me. And so I leave the lunch dishes, I get everyone down for a nap, and then I do whatever I need that day. It's If it's read some blogs, take a nap, have a quiet time, whatever it is I need. Yeah. Um, And I just clean the dishes up later. And that that was really hard for me at first because I'm a person who likes everything clean and organized all the time. Mm. But I just realized if I'm like that, I'm going to be cleaning up all day long if yeah. I I'm never gonna get my needs met if I or take care of myself if I'm constantly cleaning up. And so that was like a big I always tell new moms like just leave the dishes, pick up the toys later because they're just gonna get picked up. I mean we yeah. do pick up toys throughout the day. But it's not no, like we never I'm, I'm a I'm a leave the toys until the very end of the day. Cause I yeah. I'm like I they just keep and, and including them. And even, you know, it's fun to, let's turn on a song. And by the time the song's over, let's see how much we've had cleaned up, you know? Yeah. Or I had yeah. a, my sister-in-law. She was really smart and cute and had like a little wagon <laughs> that they would pull around the house and like f- fill up and drop off stuff in the wagon to make it more fun. Um, That's fun. You know, someone just told me this idea about the whole like who's first thing. Yeah. That you get a, every like a, the leader of the day. Yeah, that's a good idea. And whoever like it rotates, so like you're the, you're the leader of the day. So like whatever you do, whatever we do, you get to go first. And then that just like eliminates the like sibling rivalry about gets to go first. Or yeah, if we're gonna watch a TV show, you get to pick. You're the one who yep. decides what our snacks gonna be. You get. To, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, but I think that's really smart. Started. Yeah, it's how they run that's a classroom. I think once you get to three kids, I think you have to have family systems. Yeah, I really do. I think you can kind of wing it with two and like you're just meeting needs constantly, but you know, it's okay. You can get by once you get to three and four, you have to have a system. You have to have, I mean, that was my other tip. Like pick your family's values. Like what is most important to you? And, and if you're going to correct and discipline something like stick to those three things, maybe instead Mm -hmm. of what your friend thinks is important or she, you know, this blog said you think it should be important. What does your family think is important? Like, sit down with your husband. Like, what do you value most? And um, and only correct those things. Yeah, my husband's so good at, like, being like, hi, we get to decide what we're doing. And we don't have to do, like, I'll read a book. And I'm like, okay, this is what the book says. Yeah, do. And yeah. he's like, he's like, honey, we can decide how we want to do it. We can take some of these prints. You know, I'm such a, like, rule follower. Mm-hmm. And I like to, like, do what the book says. And I think, like, we're just making some decisions about preschool and schooling are we going to homeschool are we going to you know whatever and I've been a little overwhelmed by it and it's just like okay everyone has an opinion about their what's right yeah like the right philosophy of education preschool homeschool whatever and I was like I just need to stop and I just need to really ask the Lord like what for these three children that you've given us and for the way you've wired my husband and I what is the right decision for our family? And would you help me feel confident in the, not in a prideful way, but in the right way of like how you're leading our family and to not lead me astray? Cause I am the type that reads things and blogs and I like input. Yeah. Oh, you're high <laughs> input. Can, yeah. Yeah. But it can overwhelm me. Yeah. Well, um, I think too, like realizing it might change in the next year. I was always yes. a year at a time, even mid year, I changed when my son was four. I pulled him out and switched. To another situation because he was going every single morning and it didn't feel right. Like you were saying, I didn't like getting the kids in the car seats every day 
at a certain time. And so I, um, I switched and I just was, I think the key, you know, you asked about how do you take care of yourself and your marriage, um, and your connection with God and like, you know, even grieving, you mentioned your father passed away in September and where do you find space when life is full of people, other people to grieve? And, um, I really started, uh, when the third came, maybe when he was eight months old, um, getting up and people say, okay, it's really hard. You're hardly getting any sleep. Why would you get up before your kids? Um, but I really had to, like, Mm -hmm. I really had to start going to bed earlier, um, in order to get up earlier. And even if I woke up in the middle of the night, I would still do it because I needed it so badly, uh, Mm -hmm. to feel on top of my game because I'm very reactive in my day. I don't have a plan usually. And so, that was the one way for me to be proactive and make sure I was getting time in prayer, planning my day <laughs> as best I could. And, um, and just feeling like I was getting a warm cup of coffee by myself. No one was grabbing me. Um, nothing had to be done yet. And I just could sit, uh, was really nice. Even if it was five minutes, it just felt yeah. so much better. And I just started slow like that. I started with five minutes and then kind of built up, um, and it's a habit now. I can't not do it. Um, because, you know, let's say your kids go to bed at 8. I don't know. Let's say your kids go to bed at 8. And then they wake up at 6.30. That's, what is that? <laughs> How many hours is that? Ten and a half hours? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I need about eight hours. I would be a pretty awesome mom if I got eight hours of sleep. So that's two right. and a half hours to work with. So either Mm -hmm. I burn the two and a half hours at night, you know, staying up late doing something, or I split it up, maybe two hours at night and a half an hour in the morning. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be like you're losing sleep. Mm -hmm. You're just shifting where you spend your time. Yep. I was just going to start this. I I like getting up in the morning, but our 10-month-old, she's just starting to sleep through the night and... um. I like sat down for my goals for March and it was going to be to start getting up or, you know, at six again, Yeah. my kids. And of course it was like an awful night last night. My husband and I were up with multiple children, oh, you know, and yeah, I was, one like, of those. Yep. Yep. <laughs> was like, okay, tomorrow yeah. we'll try again. Yeah. But I totally, I totally agree with you. And I've started actually, um, I took a class this fall and I left, I would cook dinner, eat dinner with my family. And then I'd leave at six 30 and I'd go take this class I had half an hour drive and, I just felt like to have one night a week where yeah. I'm not putting the kids to bed and, yeah. you know, my husband did that. And so we've actually, um, when he's not traveling, but Thursday nights, I now go to a coffee shop or do whatever I need to do. But usually I go to a coffee shop and, you know, spend time with the Lord or read a book or yeah. I'm way behind on my family photos, which I really like to work on. And so like this Thursday, that's my plan is to just like do something that was refreshing to me. And I think getting out of the house and not having to do the bedtime routine after I've been with them all day. And I think it's good for my husband to have that time without me there. No, (laughs) I totally agree. So that's been something that we've just started to kind of implement too. Yeah. And I I think that's very wise. Um, I think Chris Habishy, who I interviewed, who homeschools, she has older kids. Even then when you're with them all day homeschooling or with little ones, she goes away on Friday nights every Friday night. So her husband walks in the door and she walks out and um, yeah. just gets the whole night to do whatever, just stare if she wants for hours. But um, yeah, I, I think that's really great because sometimes girls night out, it may not meet your needs fully. It depends on what kind of person you are. If you're an introvert, that may like wear you down even more. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really a really great idea. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I highly recommend in those little years, too, to check out a mops group. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that's a great way if you don't have a lot of friends in that same season to meet other moms um, so that you don't feel isolated. Like you said, like, oh, this is normal. It's such a great yeah. feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. you too? Such a great feeling when all your kids are sick and you're totally worn out and it feels like we've been sick for three weeks, like you were saying, like that 
is exhausting. <laughs> that is yeah. awful. And yeah, I don't ever want to do that again. No, at some point, but that was the worst. Oh, it was awful. No, yeah, I remember getting the flu one year, and I was I was out for a week, and that was pretty hard. You know, to meet yeah, everyone's need when you have the flu. Yeah, it's like people. I feel like my husband can kind of shut the door and. Everyone will leave him alone, but people do not leave me alone. No, no. moms can't. <laughs> Unless my husband's like guarding the door. Yeah, he, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But usually he's busy doing whatever. But so, what are a couple of things you did to in your little years for your marriage? I mean, thankfully, I feel like my husband and I are doing well, but I just feel like it's so easy to just, you're exhausted by the end of the day. It's so easy to. Yeah. Just plop down in front of the TV and then go to bed or. Well, yeah, Um, no, we had our come to Jesus, I think after the second one, because the first one, you're like, all right, this is kind of new and exciting. Great. And then the second one, you're just like survival mode and really, you know, if you haven't had that come to Jesus before the third, it sometimes happens with the third of just like all hands on deck, marriage to the side, we're just every man for himself kind of thing. Like, I just... We had to, we did had to have a conversation and I might've mentioned this in the episode with Victoria, but, um, when kids were asleep, we just said, okay, I'll meet you on the couch just to like have some time, um, to, to connect, you know, Uh to talk and trying to be a little bit better, like throughout the day for me to text him pictures of me and the kids just to like keep the conversation going throughout the day. Because sometimes yeah. it was hard when he got home for, I wanted to be able to tell him everything we've done. And he was kind of still getting over his day at work. So he didn't really listen well. And the kids were all mm-hmm. screaming at the dinner table and I felt unheard. And so it was more helpful if I could kind of share some of those stories during the day um, mm-hmm. through texts or emails. That Then I got it out of my system to feel like, He's heard, you know, he knows uh-huh, what's happening. Uh-huh. And um, and so then I felt connected because I got to be heard, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We have couch dates. We, we try, like, you know, ideally, we had a coming to Jesus moment after our second. I feel like my husband was traveling a lot. And <laughs> remember yeah. Christmas Eve morning, we were like, really not happy with each other and it was like months it was from months of like build up and it just kind of exploded and it it took us a while like we sat down after the new year and like okay like we have not been on consistent dates like I have not felt pursued by you know we Mm -hmm. just had like a good talk and that's when we became a little more intentional about dates and we we don't go on dates every week but we at least like our goal is to get out of the house twice a month. I think that's awesome. Twice a month is great. Yeah. And then we try to do a couch date on the weeks that we don't, um, you know, and not turn the TV on and just sit and try to talk. Sometimes we'll even, I mean, we don't do this very often, but we'll print off an article from like family life or something on marriage just to like help us have a conversation about our marriage. There's actually, um, we try to do this once a year, but 10 questions you should ask your wife and 10 questions you should ask your husband every okay. year from the Family Life website. And that has been some of the best conversations we've had about our marriage because you're kind of like both doing it together. You're not, it just takes the pressure off. Yeah. <laughs> like someone else is asking the question yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um, That's a great so we, idea. We don't, I'll we don't put that, that in the show ton, notes. I'll find that. Ton, but I recommend people to do that once a year at least just it's good. So I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. It's like I told you, um, the key is you love each other, right? Right. You really do. And sometimes when, when you're pouring out and I see it, the mom's energy goes towards the kids completely. And the husband feels left out and his needs aren't being met. So he's not meeting your needs. And then there's the negative cycle. Totally, and I think that there's just this choice you have to make, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be hard. Life is going to be hard, but but the key is you're keeping that foundation going because in just a couple years, believe it or not, they'll be easier, and you Mm -hmm. want 
your marriage to have weathered this storm. And and yeah. and and that sounds horrible to call those little years a storm sometimes, but it's a trial in your marriage. the The storm is coming, and the house that you've built in your marriage in the eight years, you know, uh-huh. it's 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 gonna stand if you yep. put some a little time and intentionality into having those conversations. And and I think you know, as moms, I don't know. In this culture, we expect a lot more of our husbands than our moms did. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to be these times because my mom and grandma are like, "You, you have no idea how lucky you are." Well, I kind of want to tell all the moms, just put on your big girl panties. I mean, we yeah. are like, I'll be out at the grocery store and I see so many husbands on a Sunday with their little kids at the grocery store, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? That's amazing." Like these husbands are doing a lot. They take care. And I know they're their kids. And I know, you know, and it, and I'm talking to the stay at home moms who mm-hmm. are not working outside the home. You, you know, the, <laughs> thank them for that. That's a really I know nice thing. We under we underestimate how much they're working and how much stress they're under at their jobs. They're under well, a ton of stress. Seminary, yeah. yeah, I took a seminary class for a week and my husband was home with the kids and I couldn't believe how exhausting I, how exhausted I was when I got home yeah. after being in class all week. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is how my husband feels when he gets home from work. Yeah. He's had stress. He's, his mind's been engaged and he's exhausted. And yet he comes home and he like right away is playing with the kids or helping me with dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have just like this whole new appreciation for yeah. how he comes home and serves us. And I think for me, what I've realized is when I start to feel resentful and angry and like, oh, I do everything and he doesn't, it's usually a sign for me that I'm exhausted and I just need a break or a rest or I need a couple hours away. And that's usually all it takes. I mean, sometimes there's obviously like deeper sin issues in my heart, but I I feel like I've started to like when resentment and anger start waving their flags in my heart. To me, my first now response is, when's the last time I've like had a break or yeah. hung out with some girlfriends? And yeah. usually it's a sign that I've just been, I haven't had time to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, like, I feel like this is what's encur- has been encouraging to me is like, sometimes all I need is two hours. And then I'm like, oh, I'm ready to come back yes. and like serve my family or Sometimes I'm like, we need a week vacation. Like my husband and I, we need to go away for like a week. But just going away for two hours and having dinner together and actually getting to talk and then we feel connected again. And then it's like starts a good cycle. And so I think that's what's been encouraging is like it doesn't have to be these giant things. Like Mm -hmm. I don't need a week away from my kids. Sometimes I just need a couple hours. Well, and I'll tell you like an amazing thing we discovered a couple years ago is um, there's a giant ice storm in Dallas and everything got canceled for the weekend. And my parents happened to be in town. And we just decided we're, like, going to go on a date. We're going to get a hotel room for the night. And mm-hmm. we'll come back after lunch the next day. Which is not that long, mm-hmm. really. It's less than 24 hours. And it's life-changing. Like, yeah. it it seemed like we had gone away for the week. We got to sleep in. Hallelujah. Through the night. And have a couple meals out by ourselves. We even did a little Christmas shopping. And you just are like, I really like you. You remember that you really like that person, you know? Yeah. You have enough time. We have a lot of fun together. You have a lot of fun together. There was a reason I wanted to have children with you. And and then you even get past, sometimes date nights are hard because you haven't talked about the hard issues. And you don't really want to bring them up in those couple of hours. So you're still kind of pushing those things under the rug. But if you know it's going to be a longer time, you might be more willing to bring up the hard issues that you've been wanting to talk about, the hurts or, you know, the the discipline plan you want to start talking about, you know, when you have a longer stretch. But I I would just say like twice a year, if we could go away overnight twice a year. Yeah. That would be huge. I think that's what, is it Gary Thomas? I feel like I listened to an interview of him on Focus on the Family or something. And he said, like, if couples can do, if it's like a 30-second kiss every day, a three-minute, 
So three, I don't know what it was, three minute hug or something. I don't know. And the 30 yeah. minute conversation and then like three nights away, two times a year, three t- I can't remember what it was, but it was something small like that. And he's like, if you do those things, like a 30 second kiss every day and a, he's like, your marriage will show the effects of those things. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like that's not that hard. But I was like, when's no. the last time we've like, you know, done some of those things? And yeah, sometimes it's yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, honey, just, it's just going to be, you know, it's, like I said, it's just going to be done so quickly. I know. It's it's hard. It's, you know, it's just hard in the moment and you just need to be heard that it is hard. Just know. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) It is hard. It is legitimate. What you are doing is a lot of work and it's a lot of needs. And like I tell other friends, you think about Hannah in the Bible Moses's mom, they had their those boys for four years. I know. Probably five. And it was essential to them being men who listened to God. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't Eli who was telling Samuel how to listen to God. It was his mom Hannah mm-hmm. who listened to God, who'd poured into him until he was weaned, which was probably about four years, that that he listened to God and it was Moses who obeyed God and he was living with the Egyptians. It wasn't them. Mm-hmm. It was his mom. And so it's important. I what know. you're doing is important. It is. It's, they will know Christ because of your love for them. They will be drawn so. into that, not because of your uh, harshness and discipline and first time obedience and da, 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 da. It will be, you know, or, or whatever, not first time immediate obedience. That's a joke. Okay. Yeah. There's no such thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Moses did not immediately obey, did he? No. He did not immediately get the people out of Egypt. It took a while. Yeah. So sometimes I wonder about these people who write all these. Books. No, no. Immediate have- obedience is a joke. That's yeah. that's that's a false. And you're hurting your relationship with your child, and you're actually hurting the gospel by forcing it. I've been there. I've tried to force it, and it did not help anything. <laughs> like it's kind of like the say- sleeping through the night thing too. I'm like, really, your kid sleeps through the night every night for like from. 12 weeks on like what about teething and you know I'm just kind of like yeah. I, I feel like sometimes yeah. the books are so black and white and I've yeah. just kind of had to be like okay that's great for you but that's not my family and yeah it's not reality and every kid is, diff- is so different I know every kid is so different and you know your family and I'm serious just after listening to Sally just love them I know I, I gotta them. get to one of her conferences sometimes sometime yeah just love them just love them you're doing a great job i want every mom of three four little kids you are doing an awesome job you're listening to this podcast you care you want to do a good job you don't believe you're doing a great job but you are you are you are you are just keep it up keep it up promise Thanks, Heather, for the encouragement. Yes. Well, thank you for contacting me. I hope I hope everyone. Um, I think Connie, you had some great tips. So oh, thanks. Thank you for sharing those. And um, yeah, go just uh, do it. Love them. Yeah, You're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. You too. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see the end product. We no. will. Over yes. a lifetime, though. It's a lifetime. Over a lifetime. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yes. But thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. I know that was a lot of conversation, but maybe you got a couple takeaways. Maybe it was to focus more on how your children feel and less about what you do, less about the perfection and more about the process and how God is creating you into his image through the challenge of these years. Maybe it's spending mommy time with that middle child, all the children, but really focusing on creating some positive time with your children uh, to help decrease the um, behavior management. Maybe you're going to spend some time with your husband on the couch um, once the kids are in bed. Maybe it's a 30-second kiss. Maybe it's a weekend away. Um, Maybe you've decided to leave the dishes in the sink and go and read uh, while the kids are all napping. Whatever one thing you heard that you're going to implement, I hope it helps make your day better. And you do remember God made you for this role. 
He will equip you and provide for you, and he is pleased with your efforts. So have a fabulous day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.